It is the 12th of August 2019. You're listening to the Arrow Matter Show here on Liberated Syndication. And also, if you want to find us on social media, it's facebook.com forward slash Arrow Matter Show. Uh, Twitter is at Arrow Matter Show. Uh, it's also Instagram is also at Arrow Matter Show too. If you want to find us on Tumblr, it is arrowmatter.tumblr.com. And also, you can listen to us as a podcast on various places, which I will tell you at the very end of the show. But uh, before we continue on, Patricia, how are you doing? I'm doing good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, cool. And uh, we're going to talk about this later on in the show, but uh, we come off the week when Rocco's Modern Life Static Cling has been released on Netflix. And so, me and Patricia, we got to get into that. But uh, before you do, we want to check you out to Old School Lane because Patricia has beaten me to it. She's already talking, talk, spoken to... Uh, uh, who was it who was a guest on your podcast? Uh, Remington Keys from the Nerd Talk podcast. Yeah, so Remington Keys and Patricia have both beaten me to Rocco's Modern Life Static Cling. And no, it's not because uh, this is a British-American thing. We both got it at the same time, so it's just me being lazy. So I do apologize that I've not managed to talk about it until now, but you're going to get it anyway at the end of the show, so don't worry too much about that. But by the way, we've got some other stuff to come up with as well. I want to talk about Andrew Yang, a Democratic presidential candidate. He said something that uh, got my attention, which is very rare for a politician to do nowadays. So uh, I'm going to talk about that. It has been five years since Robin Williams has passed away this week. We've got to talk about that too. Uh, Dream Machine, there is a big update that we need to talk to you about. Um, how Brexit potentially could bring in martial law and human rights abuses. We've got to talk about that. And also the top 50 girls' names of 2018. We're going to tell you about that too. And the popularity since 1880. This is data that's been collected, you know, by the data nerds over at Reddit. So we're going to talk about that too. Uh, some Hey Arnold stuff. Uh, some a, a gun buyback in New Zealand. Uh, so some gun control stuff too. And then finally, we will top it off with our thoughts on Rocco's modern life static cling. You are listening to the Aramedia Show. And with all this random nonsense, what else could you be listening to? There we go. Cool. Um, so, uh, Patricia, shall we get started on our week? And yes, let's do so. Okay. First of all, we want to give a shout out to Sylvie Soul. And uh, so, uh, Sylvie Lewis, for those of you who do not know, um, was uh, with us uh, with the big, massive review that we did of Hey Arnold, the Jungle Movie, and also all the build up to it as well. And uh, while we disagreed on a couple of things and uh, still disagree, disagree on a couple of Nickelodeon related stuff now, it's all fun banter on Twitter, you know. So, like, uh, I love Sylvie, and I think she's really cool. And I think you should check her out too, because I'm going to tell you all about her new podcast and uh, for those of you who do not know she does have a she has moved away from uh, hey arnold for a little while but uh, she has uh, caught up with something else which uh, i'm going to try and bring to you right now so if you go to sylviesoul.com and uh, so sylvie is spelled s-y-l-v-i-e-s-o-u-l.com and it will take you to lessons learned from uh, one of the things that she's recently said is uh, on her blog is lessons learned from podcasting and so uh, i want to give a shout out to her if you go to her blog right now sylviesoul.com she'll tell you about our podcasting why you shouldn't do it for the money you don't need fancy equipment to do it i do because nerd and uh, also you should prepare for shows as well which uh, you know if I wasn't spending so much time uh, building the studio and you know just doing all the amazing stuff that we're doing here at the Arrow Matters show and by the way um, I'm going to get it to a point where I can start taking photos and showing everybody what we're going to be doing soon because you know the Arrow Matters show um, is going to try and uh, go back to its old roots 
And uh, what, what I mean by that, I will tell you very soon. But uh, And also, she'll give you some advice. So, by the way, back to Sylvie. Uh, the keys to success and time management and consistency. So, uh, yeah, she does some amazing stuff there. She does an amazing uh, podcast, too. So, you know, go check her out, sylviesoul.com. And uh, she that's the uh, non-sponsored, hashtag non-sponsored shout-out for uh, this show, I guess. But mind you, we've got a few other ones to go to as well. So, uh, cool. Um, so, Patricia, how funny would you think it would be if, uh, you know, you found out that a prime minister of a country could potentially get prosecuted? Oh, wow. Um, uh, I mean, I wouldn't know if it was like, ha ha, like laugh funny, but it will be like, oh, you deserved it funny if you did something awful funny. To be fair, I think it's probably you deserve it funny. Quite frankly, okay. so and uh, but like it would just be kind of uh, you know the fact that finally you know someone would have, if, after lying you know so many times someone finally get their comeuppance you know just I would just find it it wouldn't just be kind of like you know a sense of justice it'd be kind of entertainment for me too I've got to be honest at this point so um, I want to direct you to a special gentleman called Marcus Ball. And he is currently going to court. And he, for those of you who do not know, during the EU referendum, um, Boris Johnson uh, stood in front of a bus. A big red bus. Uh, Patricia, have you seen the big red bus at all? No. Uh, no I, go Google it. Go Google Boris Johnson and the, and the red bus. Okay. And, uh, go, and uh, it'll show you the um, what basically was written on the bus. And basically it was uh, the promise that there would be, if we left the EU referendum, the money that was going to the EU, which uh, it was incorrectly uh, calculated at £350 million, he uh, put in a, in a message saying that it should go towards the National Health Service. And yeah, so, I see it right here. Yeah, you see it right there? Um, so, yeah, it's yeah. like, it's, uh, so, and keep this in mind, he was a sitting politician at the time. So, in a way, he's making, he's making a, uh, he's using his public persona, his public, his state of public office to campaign on this message. And so, when the EU referendum came and went, we found out that this, the, the figure itself was even, wasn't even true. And if that we knew that the uh, promise, you know, like most things in the Brexit, you know, Brexit that was promised upon by the Leave campaigns was totally undeliverable. Like, you know, this was going to be the easiest deal in history. Now it's uh, the the EU basically holds all the cards in all of this, and Britain just looks like a laughing stock in front of the world. And it's just amazing to watch that uh, you know all these people who you know were given so much credibility you know during the time of the EU referendum and you know unfortunately still to this day all of that now is just starting to slowly crumble you know there's 17.4 million people who claim to have supported this Brexit that uh, you know now has turned into something that nobody I guarantee you will would have supported back in 2016 there's even politicians who you know we're trying to warn us away from the scenario of uh, uh, the Brexit that we have now, you know, uh, political chaos, um, you know, general elections, um, you know, no stability, you know, the fact that that was um, the world that the Leave campaigners were promising you, and all the people on Twitter, and all the keyboard armies, and uh, all the people walking around on the streets with them stupid, uh, you know, Brexit rosettes, and uh, that stupid, running around on that stupid bus, you know, now all of a sudden we've come to, you know, I've been saying for a while, 
uh, even you know during all this going on that this was going to Brexit was going to be the you know, most difficult thing to try and get accomplished because all the variables that were going to be involved you know are shitty parliaments are shitty politicians our shitty way of doing things. The fact that we vote against our best interests. AV referendum, for for example, you know, the, the referendum that, in my opinion, showed that we hated, you know, the Liberal Democrats more than we loved democracy. You know, the, 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 that type of thing, you know? So, um, now Marcus Ball... Uh, who uh, is, uh, is is a um, is a legal professional uh, to my to my knowledge is going to is currently raising funds uh, to challenge uh, Boris Johnson and a, run a private prosecution against uh, Boris Johnson, the currently sitting prime minister of this country, uh, to uh, basically for mis- alleged misconduct in a public office. And this um, this thing right now currently has three hundred and ninety three thousand nine hundred and one pounds currently behind it. Oh so, wow! Yeah, so it's near, slightly near to its five hundred thousand, nearly half a million pound budget, basically. We're ten thousand supporters currently in tow. Oh, I see. Yeah. So, and also you can actually go and actually this is going to be yes another non uh, hashtag non sponsored shout out. But if you go to crowdfunder.co.uk forward slash ball versus Johnson, so B A double L V Johnson, you know in America how bad does that sound? You know, but. It's not good. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it sounds like you know your your left or right ball against your penis, basically that, that that hashtag. But no, I guarantee you, it's not that. It's not porn. It's not gay porn. I guarantee you that. It's crowdfunder.co.uk. So you know it's legit. Forward slash ball v Johnson. If you go there, you can actually donate to his campaign to uh, put you know um, get Boris Johnson you know f- prosecuted for you know alleged misconduct in a, in a public office. Because uh, there is a case there to be heard. And so right now, I mean, the case was, uh, you know, it did get heard by, from, you know, there was uh, some process involved. But now there's delay tactics currently involved at the moment. And so the um, people arguing against the case managed to somewhat get the case thrown out. But uh, we're now going to the Supreme Court, I believe, you know, one of the biggest courts in the land. And so there's a possibility that if uh, we get to that point and they decide, oh, hey, we can put this back on the rails, you know, Boris Johnson right now, not only will he have uh, a general election, uh, a potential no-deal Brexit fallout, but also he'll be pros- he might have, have an alleged prosecution for all the shit that he's done, you know, all, all these couple of years. So it's uh, it basically just pours more petrol on the fire for uh, Boris Johnson's uh, premiership. Basically. Oh jeez! So uh, all I gotta say is crowdfunder.co.uk forward slash ball versus Johnson. Let's get it done. Let's get this guy because people like him do not belong in you know the, these types of places, as far as I'm concerned. And so you know any more any more chance to uh, you know uh, lever him away from you know being prime minister or uh, you know to uh, you know, show that politicians should mean what they say and they should follow through with what they say. And uh, they should stop being. They should stop lying to us, and they should stop be telling the truth for us to once. You know, if there's a legal framework for, you know, a legal stand, you know, standing point for that, then let's go for it. You know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. You know, you get me wrong. I really wish it didn't come to this. To be quite honest with you, but uh, you know, every other, every other thing has been exhausted, as far as I'm concerned. So you know, let's keep our politicians honest, and this is this is the way to do it. Then this is the way to do it, as far as I'm concerned. So, yeah. So for sure. Cool. 
Um, I mean, obviously we're going to go back into the world, world of politics just for a minute, but, uh, I mean, uh, before, actually, before we do that, do you think we should probably go with the Robin Williams, um, story? Yeah, let's with. do yeah, so. Yeah, so, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Robin Williams, well, I'd be very surprised if you haven't, if you've not watched this show, listened to this show, and not heard what's going on, you know, Robin Williams, phenomenally talented actor, uh, phenomenally talented comedian, and, uh, just a, a really funny and really great guy. Um, unfortunately, uh, depression, uh, sadly, uh, got the best of him, and also he was, uh, very, very badly ill at the time, uh, and unfortunately he, uh, he took his own life, and, uh, it was, uh, very gutting, I think, uh, for anyone who's a fan of, uh, the Aladdin cartoon movie, uh, not the new one, the, the cartoon one from back in the day, you know, the good one, and, uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, no, seriously, you, you look at both of them, like, it's night and day, as far as I'm concerned. But, uh, and also, uh, you know, he was uh, the guy from, um, you know, uh, Good, Good Morning Vietnam. He was, uh, you know, really talented in that. Also, that really hilarious sketch and all those hilarious outtakes from the uh, Sesame Street uh, Elmo sketch that he did. Uh, yeah, regarding a ball. Oh, my goodness, that, that, was, that was gold. It's like, you have only got three lines! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it was brilliant. Taking the stick back, Elmo. That's uh, yeah. It's just you. Could, if you could get that on, if you watch that online, it's it's all over the place, man. You should you should go watch it. But uh, yeah, and also the stand-up comedian, uh, stand-up comedy routines that he did. Oh, it's just it's so hilarious. Like you know, the, the the one where he talks about how Scotsman invented, invented you know, uh, invented golf. Oh, that you should see that. It's like, uh, oh no no no, we gotta move the hole like four hundred yards away. It's like, oh, just it's uh, you just watch it. It's in entirety. It's just uh, I it, as a golfer myself, it has me in stitches. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, but uh, Patricia, uh, five years away from Robin Williams' uh, sad passing. Yeah, it's really sad because for a lot of people. They have grown up with a lot of his stuff, whether it be Mork and Mindy, whether it be uh, Aladdin, as you were mentioning before, or Mrs. Doubtfire, or maybe even some of his more um, mixed films or obscure films, like he was in One Hour Photo or Bicentennial Man or um, Death Smoochie or uh, even some of his um, other roles like Fern Gully and others and even for Zelda fans, uh, you know, he was hugely in- impactful because he was a huge Legend of Zelda fan. And he even named his daughter after the video game because he loved it so much. And he even named his son Cody after the um, Streets of Rage game. Uh, not, not, um, the Final Fight game, I'm sorry to say. Yeah, Final Fight, if you can believe it as well. So... Yeah, he was a huge influence for a lot of people, and there were so many uh, iconic roles, whether it be from his movie, TV, or stand-up. Um, it's some of his best stuff, if you ever want to see like how crazy and how hilarious he is, I would highly recommend that you um, check out... Um, you know, James Lipton's show where, you know, he used to like invite a whole bunch of actors over to ask them various questions about their career. I mean, no question ever comes across with Robin Williams. Just immediately, he just does a bunch of like crazy stand up. He goes out of topic so many times. He talks to various people on stage and just comes up with the most hilarious stuff that people are just in. Sn- just in stitches laughing so yeah, yeah know, he's just really out there there's one thing I, I don't know if this is either going to garner a positive reaction what i'm going to say now or a negative reaction but how amazing would robin williams be as a twitch streamer 
Oh man, like I could imagine him being a Twitch streamer or a Let's Player. Like it would have been, I mean, you know, kind of like similar to how Jack Plack, believe it or not, does a Let's Play channel where he plays various video games. Imagine him and Zelda playing through like Ocarina of Time or Majora's Mask. That would have been so cool to see. Yeah, but I, I tell you what, he probably would play games a lot better than Conan O'Brien. I think we could probably both argue. I think we both could say that with uh various confidence but uh, mm. yeah oh he would have you know there's this all this other thing about this because I, I just feel like robin williams and yes i know he was unwell and but you know i just felt like uh, he he could have had more to contribute you know mm-hmm. and like uh, i'm just uh, really sad that uh, you know not just that you know the fact that uh, you know um i'm managing his family has had to go through such a horrendous time just uh, you know uh, coping with the fact that uh, you know he's no longer around yeah i think zelda took it the hardest yeah because you know for people who you know and believe me we've uh, talked about how um you know uh, depression and suicide on the show and uh, it's just it's uh, it's so horrendous how it just impacts everyone around you like it's you know it's not just you know people think oh you know how sad is it that uh, you know, this person's taking their life. You know, imagine, you know, imagine all the ramifications of that. Imagine what their family are going through. Imagine what their friends are going through. Yeah, you know? exactly. And, you know, you ever heard about the story about the clown who was, um, no, about the guy. I'm, I'm sorry. So it's about a guy who's, like, incredibly depressed. He's so depressed and he doesn't know how to make himself happy. And so he goes over to a psychologist and asking about what, what he can do to be happy. And he says, oh, there's a there's a clown coming on by the, in town and he is the most funniest guy and he tells a lot of great jokes and he makes a lot of people smile. You should go see him. And then he actually goes to the psychologist and says, but doctor, I am the clown. So, yeah, it just goes to show, I mean, even with like people that you would never expect for them to be going through depression because they're always perceived as happy, like Anthony Bourdain, for example, nobody expected him to take his life away because you've seen him so many times on TV shows traveling all over the world and um, trying new foods and meeting up with people. And yeah, he took his life too. And nobody expected that because, you know, he didn't perceive as a guy who was like incredibly sad or depressed. Uh, it's like, you know, the, the people that you expect the least are the ones who are suffering the most. Indeed. And so, you know, and also we want to reach out to all people out there. You know, if you feel, if you really do feel like, you know, the world is just crumbling around you and you feel you are going to do something that you might regret, you know, my, my, here's my advice to you. Get help. Get, you know, don't do something that, you you know, are going to not just going to, you know, not only will it hurt yourself, but hurt a lot of other people, too. And uh, it's just it's so I just say to anybody out there, look, there is help out there and you're not on your own. And, you know, this is, you know, depression and, uh, you know, um, you know, we have a lot to talk about in regards to, uh, you know, uh, about our feelings and about, you know, how feeling sad and feeling, you know, lonely and things like that. And, you know, I just say to anybody out there, if you're if you're listening to this and you feel like that and uh, you feel like you're going to do something really terrible, my, my please, I beg of you, do not, you know, get, 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 go find someone, you know, go find a GP, go talk to a friend, go talk to your family, go talk to somebody, just, just mention this and just, you know, go, get, go, go find someone that you know you can trust with this and just, uh, you know, try, try and help yourself, try and help yourself out. Because, you know, you're going to end up hurting a lot more people than just yourself if you, you know, try and do, you know, if you, if you do this terrible thing. And so there is there is help out there and you should seek it out, you know. 
So. Yeah, exactly. And also, if you think that, oh, the reason why you don't want to say it to your friends or family that you're sad is because you don't want to bother them, and th- that's wrong. That's oh, no, absolutely bother them. wrong. Bother them. You know, by, by all means, bother them. You know, because I'm sure they'll be pretty bothered when they find out that you're not coming home. You know, I think they'll be a lot more than bothered when they find out you're not coming home. Yeah, they'll, they'll be completely devastated. Exactly. So, um, I didn't mean to bring the mood down that too much, but, uh, I mean, Robin Williams was a wonderful talent in our lives and a wonderful thing in our childhood, too. Like, you know, even, even I would say, even say Pan, you know, sorry, Hook, sorry, I would say was, you know, at least he was trying to be as entertaining as he could in that. So, like, uh, so, yeah, he's, uh, I mean, he's, uh, we're just really sad that he's gone and, uh, we really wish he was here with us, and so that's the reason why we count year five of him going away. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on, um, Andrew Yang, and uh, I don't think I have the ability right now to actually play his um, uh, thing on Twitter, his video, but uh, he recently made a suggestion there for Donald Trump, uh, who... Uh, const- has constantly bans immigrants, and uh, whether you say that he's racist or not, I mean, uh, it's, it's very hard to kind of like say he's not racist at this point. I mean, I'll definitely say that. But uh, I mean, one Andrew Yang basically has been going on his uh, his uh, thing of do the math, and uh, he says that uh, his argument is it's not immigrants that are taking the jobs; it's automation. And so, which uh, I say, you know, um, yeah, that automation is going to be uh, eventually uh, is going to be the thing that starts killing everybody's jobs and the reason why no one can get employed. You know, no doubt about that at all. And, uh, you know, you can see it like uh, even in the video, he even shows what the future basically beholds. And so, you know, Andrew Yang at this time, I would say, is years uh, ahead in, in regards to this issue, you know, from all the other people, like definitely be more, more years ahead than Joe Biden is. At this point, but uh, I mean, in regards, it's not just automation though. It's the fact that uh, the there's the fact that there's cheap labor um, overseas, and that's the reason why outsourcing is happening. So that's the reason why jobs are not staying in the United States. The reason why jobs aren't staying in in, in Europe in some of these like these factory jobs. You know, if they're going to find someone cheaper out there, either in Africa or in Asia or somewhere like that, they're going to move out that factory. You know, mm-hmm. and so that's the uh, big danger that's coming out here. If anything, um, they need to be rejuvenating the workforce there needs to be more apprenticeships there needs to be more education there needs to be more um you know more more, more skills-based jobs out there for people so and that's the reason one of the things that uh, you know would come of the uh, the green new deal i believe i believe one of them would be training people into skilled you know labor for a greener you know, for the green economy and because you need those types of skills to obviously, you know, build the economy of the future. So, I mean, there's obviously that too as well. But uh, I think Andrew Yang, I guess, somewhat a years, a couple of you know, years down the line, he'll nail this uh, line right now. I don't know. Like, can you really see it? Like, let's say Andrew Yang becomes the candidate. I mean, let's say he does become that. I mean, do you really? I mean, the problem with uh, people like Andrew Yang is like he can see well far into the future, but can everyone else? It's hard to say. Yeah. So, I mean, like, uh, I'm on board with what Andrew Yang says on this, but in regards to, like, whether the voters will be on board, I'm not entirely sure. No, I, I don't know either. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, well, that's uh, that's what he said. And, yeah, I just think that, uh, at the minute, like, um, in regards to the Democratic Party right now, I mean, um, can you see anybody there who looks like he can beat Donald Trump in 2020? 
I mean, I know, I know it looks pretty obvious now because, uh, I mean, the polling data at the minute, you know, shows that uh, he's really is in decline at the moment, Donald Trump. And he looks like he's in danger of losing the, uh, the, the states that will, that, prope that propelled him into the White House. But, uh, I mean, um, I think that um, from what I remember, I think there was a tweet from somebody who was talking about comparing the popularity of the northeastern states of Bernie Sanders to Trump. So maybe Sanders can have a second chance of, uh, you know, going for the presidential election. Maybe. And uh, I mean, either that or I mean, Tulsi Gabbard uh, has also uh, been uh, making some uh, inroads as well. Here's the thing about this. Um, have you noticed after the debates that when they start polling people, all of a sudden the people who start, you know, uh, you know ignoring like all the centrist candidates, and only the Bidens and the Kamala Harris's and people like that. I mean, they're OK for when people aren't talking about them. But then all of a sudden when they're thrown into you know, the debate arena and all of a sudden the ideas are being talked about, all of a sudden these guys start plummeting in the polls. Mm. Have you noticed that? It's like it seems like it seems like the Biden campaign's um, you know biggest weapon is to, to keep people ignorant of Joe Biden. <laughs> well, I mean, like, let's be honest. I mean, I don't think that that's going to be a case because of what he said recently about like. Uh, remember what he said just not too long ago about, about, you know, like, poor people can be just as good as white people or something like that. Yeah, like, well, well, white people can't be poor. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> what? Like, it's just, it's, uh, imagine, like, um, that is so tone deaf. Oh, my God, that is terrible, isn't it? Like, uh, don't get me wrong, I had heard about this before, but uh, I never heard it, like, in the massive context that I just heard about it in now. Like, I knew you said something stupid, but oh, my God, that's terrible. Mm, you know, yeah. like, uh, it's just, it's just, oh, wow. Um, I'd need probably another couple of minutes to actually process that. This, this, well, is Joe Biden still leading the polls right now? I think he is. I think Fucking he's still leading hell. the polls. How can he be after that? Like, I don't should, know. I have no idea. He should get destroyed in the primaries because of that. Every, any time he now, I mean, they, all the other candidates should be making mincemeat out of him. I'm Seriously. sure. I'm sure that somebody has. Oh well, yeah, yeah. But uh, I mean, here's the thing about this: Joe Biden, I believe, should be completely out of this race. Uh, Kamala Harris, I believe, should be completely out of this race. Um, anyone else who like kind of looks at the Obama administration years through rose-tinted glasses, and I'm talking about this to the point where they can barely make out what's going on within an inch in front of their face. Those people should be gone. Those people should not be there. It should be those who are, you know, championing Democrat policy, you know, the, the championing the Democrat base instead of scolding them for being too, you know, uh, you know, be, being too so-called needy. You know, the fact that, oh, I, I want a doctor, you know, I want a school, I want, you know, infrastructure, you know, I want things that, you know, are actually going to, if, if you can really, you know, uh, if that phrase has any meaning to it at all, like, you know, making America great again, if that means anything at all, you know, like, uh, some actual real life things that are actually going to help people, you know, like, you know, jobs, you know, ending these wars, you know, stuff like that. I mean, I'm, I'm just really surprised, you know, again, I know we talked about before, you know, in this country that uh, we seem to have this tendency of voting against our own interests. Unfortunately, I think America does that very, very good as well. Mm -hmm. I think so. Yeah. And um, I think that because, um, you know, Biden and Kamala are advertised more and have uh, basically bigger campaigns. I think that's why people know them more as opposed to the other can campaign uh, candidates. Exactly. But if they really knew them, 
Like uh, they they would be dead. They would not be you know factors in this election. At least, in, at least in my opinion, anyway. But uh, who knows? Like uh, maybe uh, you know, uh, maybe we'll get to primary, and maybe we'll see some surprises. So uh, let, I hope we see some surprises for yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I hope everyone sees some surprises. My, my only biggest fear though is that uh, what happens if we start seeing like you know, no, there's no like defining candidate though. What if there is just going to be like massive splits between like you know, Chelsea Gabbard, Andrew Yang, and Bernie Sanders, and uh, you know, uh, various other people as well. Like, and there's no like definitive. Like you know, candidate they all can get behind, and then all of a sudden that candidate wins, and then all the you know the they, the 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 Democrats who support that candidate will say, oh yeah, we're gonna go for the White House and everything like that. But all the other supporters kind of like, nah, I'm just gonna stay home, you know. Uh, uh, I I don't even know. I I really don't. I mean, it's either that or they vote for Trump if they don't support the other candidates. I That's mean, true. Or they vote green. You know. I, I mean, I, I hope that, you know, Trump doesn't win again. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong for any of our Republicans out there who support Trump. I mean, like we say here on the Aaron Meta show, like, um, you know, you do you. But I, I think that we definitely need a change, especially with everything that's been going on. We need to have a look at America saying, America. We need to have a talk. I, I, we need it. We need an intervention. Uh, yeah, I, I guess so. I mean, like at this point, because my biggest fear, if Trump gets reelected again, here's the thing about this, and uh, I've said this, I know, uh, sometimes before. If Trump gets to second term and we get to 2024, my biggest fear isn't necessarily what Trump brings in the next four years. My biggest fear is what comes after Trump, really, because I mean, the because you remember, like uh, they played. Um, you know, uh, well, what's, what's his face? Uh, in the, you remember when Obama went for second term? And yeah, it was uh, Mitt Romney who uh, went, went in for that. And uh, he was kind of seen as like, kind of like the moderate uh, Republican. And, uh, you know, he was seen as kind of like just, you know, a sli- slightly more upgraded version of John McCain in a way. Mm-hmm. And so, but he still didn't beat, he beat Obama, even though when uh, he was still, you know, obviously Obama still won the presidency. My biggest fear is that the Democrats might leech over to somebody who is uh, so, you know, extreme, I think, in, in regards. And uh, uh, my biggest fear is that it's not going to be the good extreme. It's not the Medicare for all, not the, you know, ending the wars, not the uh, not the sensible policy person. I think it's just going to be that person who is going to be, I mean, dare I say, it's, it's going to be that. I mean, I don't think it's going to be Dwayne Johnson. I don't think because I still believe he's a Republican. I think at this yeah. point, I, I just think they're going to go for somebody who is just like you know the worst of liberal. I think the, I, I kind of I, I, that's a good thing question. Like who's the worst liberal you could probably imagine to put in in twenty twenty four? Like someone who we aren't talking about right now. Like not like I mean like uh, I don't know maybe Tom Hanks. I don't know like uh, Tom or, Hanks just, as just, president. Hmm. Just just you know like I uh, just like and as someone who's like massively out. I mean Bill Maher for example. Like, you know, like, uh, someone who's, like, so so massively out of touch and you wouldn't think would be, you know, just out of the blue, if you, if you think about it. Just somebody who, you know, you can see he's so popular enough that he, like, he will win the presidency in 2024, but he's just, you know, he, you, he there is a slight part, part of it that just makes you feel very uncomfortable and then other parts of it that just makes your skin crawl, you know? Yeah, but you know what? I think that with the lesson here is I think that we'll probably be getting an actual politician to be president because we've learned, I think, the hard way that there is a reason why certain people, when you know they are not known for being politicians and they be, have a higher rank of power, it doesn't turn out very well. I don't know, because it's like you would think that would fall on the shoulders of, like, I don't know, maybe either, like, uh, you know, you know the squad. Like, uh, maybe if... Uh, Maybe if um, within a couple of years' time, who knows? Maybe one of them might probably go for it if they're old enough. 
that is. It's like, I don't think they are, and so I don't think that's good. I think that's still going to kick the, kick things down the line, at least in my opinion. So, I mean, who knows at this stage? But, uh, I mean, um, I just feel that, you know, what comes after Trump, I think, is going to be like a massive reaction from the other side. And I don't think it's going to be a good reaction, I don't think. But there's just uh, there's just that uncomfortable feeling about it because knowing the Democrats and how you know an unorganized mess they really are as an organization, I just feel like you know it is it is possible to see them go for somebody who is just going to be you know they'll they'll excite the they'll excite like the the most extreme fringes of the base and but I just feel like it's going to be a really I just feel like it's going to be really bad for. Uh, yeah, no, no, sorry, I, 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 sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm mixing it up. I think it's gonna be very exciting for like the neutral who doesn't really care too much about you know, um, you know, solid policy, uh, but it's and it's gonna be bad news for everybody else who actually cares about politics. You know, I, 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 know I, 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 I actually will give credit for a lot of people who have been going through some stuff. I think for those who are gonna be old enough to vote for the first time, I think that they are gonna probably be the ones who will make a difference because they've already experienced firsthand about how important voting is, and especially about how, you know, just like one uh, visit to the poll house can be able to make a massive difference in where the direction of politics goes. Yeah. So I think that we may be getting a lot more voters for um, the younger people. I, I think I even read um, uh, a comic on Twitter the other day saying to some high school student and a teacher comes out and say, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? And he said, I want to vote. So you know what? Maybe let's give the younger people a chance because I feel that they're going to be the ones who will turn things around. Maybe. Let's, let's see how this goes. Anyway, uh, Dream Machine. Um, let's just switch gears quite quickly. Um, so, Dream Machine is coming to an end. Uh, we're coming up to our big uh, episode, I think coming up this weekend, I think. And so, uh, which will then air the week after, I believe. And so, right. um, yeah. So, I'm going to announce the deadline. So, uh, Patricia, are you ready for the deadline? Yes, I'm ready. The deadline is going to be this Friday. Oh, wow. That's really quick. Yeah. So, um, we're going to make a big deal out of it. So, you guys on the podcast aren't going to be the first person to hit, people to hear about this. But so, this Friday um, is going to be the deadline for the uh, ratings uh, for you to get, to get those in. I'll put the, we'll put the uh, link up as well. And uh, we'll also be, uh, you know, doing it daily until, like, uh, you know, we finally get all the ratings in. And um, so... Uh, if you want to listen to Dream Machine uh, from start to finish, I would suggest you do it very quickly and uh, try and throw in as many episodes as possible uh, before you start making your decisions. And then once we get to Friday and once we get to midnight of Friday, uh, by the way, so if we get to about 11, sorry, about 11.59 uh, British time, uh, we'll then stop the poll and then we will then go to the supercomputer, which is basically my brain, and I will crunch the numbers and I will let you know and we'll let you know the week after uh, what the results are. So uh, it's uh, pretty yes. exciting at the minute. I I got to be honest with you. Uh, I'm looking at so uh, we've got quite a co good couple of people in who have uh, put it in theirs, and also there's going to be another factor in this as well because one thing I did put in, and um, this is going to be uh, a factor in this as well. I also gave people the ability not to vote on particular, you know, basically not to rate particular movies because I'm going to base this also not just on the ratings. You know, one person can't just rate, like, a movie 10 and all of a sudden that becomes the top five, you know? Like, because obviously there's going to be me and Patricia obviously having that say in it as well. But um, we're also going to count in how many responses that movie gets as well. So the more responses this movie gets, the higher up the ranking it goes. If you know what I mean. So, you know, if uh, if we have a movie and 
it basically has the same score as another movie, but the other movie has less responses than the other movie. That movie jumps over it. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. So, yeah, it's going to also not just be on, you know, how many people have watched a particular... It's not going to be how many people, like... Uh, it is going to be based on how many people have watched this movie, if that makes sense. So you're going to have to... Uh, not only is your... If you have, oh, there's a particular film in DreamWorks Animation you're rooting for, you better hope it's getting enough responses. Yeah, right, exactly. So. so, as mentioned many times before, whenever we discuss about Dream Machine or on DreamWorks films... If there's a movie that you wish to see on the list when we discuss about it, then vote. If there's a movie that you wish to say it's good or it's bad, then please vote. You only have a few days until the deadline is over. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, so there's many things I was expecting from Brexit, which were all bad, by the way. But never did I think that Human Rights News, uh, Views and Info were going to bring this uh, nugget for us. And so, um, Catherine Evans says, in recent days it's been reported that the government is drawing up plans to impose martial law in the event of the UK editing the EU without a deal. But does it act- what does it actually mean for us? And, uh, well, how does it impact our rights? So, uh, you know, martial law will basically be, you know, martial law. You know, there would be, it would be chaos. You know, it's exactly what, what it is written on the tin. So, I mean, it's not going to be a good thing, thing for us at all. And so, um, some experts have suggested that a no-deal Brexit uh, from the EU could lead to food and medicine shortages. Uh, the British Medical Journal has highlighted that medicine shortages are likely due to the complex and un- unpredictable... It's because it's more complex and unpredictable than anticipated, you know. Uh, you know, a, a complex thing like leaving the EU being complicated. Oh, good grief. Like, no one saw that coming. Okay, so, um, basically this is all done through the Civil Contingencies Act of 2004. So, the reason it was introduced because there was a lot, there was some big industrial action that was done under the Blair years, Tony Blair, and he introduced this legislation to basically allow, um, you know, the breakup of, like, you know, uh, protests against, um, um, critical infrastructure. You know, they basically shut, there there was a process that went on that basically shut down our, uh, you know, our fuel, uh, our fuel intake, pretty much, and so these emergency powers were basically brought in. So, um, how likely is it that uh, they're going to deploy these powers? Well, that really depends if we go to an ideal scenario. Mm-hmm. So, basically, from powers uh, from Civil Contingencies Act uh, to be invoked, there must be an emergency. So, obviously, the no-deal Brexit scenario would obviously be that emergency. So, there would be endangerments to human welfare, endangerments to the environment, or an act of war, or terrorism, or threat of serious damage to the security of the United Kingdom. So, those would be things, and those are the things that the uh, no-deal Brexit could potentially give us, basically. So That doesn't sound good, by the way. No, it's not, it's not good at all. It's like it's it's terrible. It's like and I'm, like why why would they do that? Why would they limit you know the amount of food and medicine that people can have? Because um, well, the fact is that they, they we'd have no deal with anybody uh, for trade. Well, then why can't we make a deal? Uh, because uh, the, the, because we because Patricia, this country is made is run by morons. Who oh. exactly? So the EU hold all the cards in all of this. So they're the ones that are saying, "Oh, hey, you, we can, we can drag this deal. You know, we can have the Commons Market, and you don't put a border on the on, on on between Ireland and Northern Ireland. And so we can stay in the we can stay in the Common Market. We still leave the EU. You know, we still won't have any say. I mean, we will still be part of like the single market, but we wouldn't have any say on how that how that works. 
But, uh, I mean, at least we would still have our trade and we'd still be able to uh, do what we need to do in order to uh, make the daily lives, uh, not disrupt the daily lives of people. But, uh, I mean, a no-deal Brexit would basically be that there is no uh, agreement with barely anybody. You know, barely anyone will be leaving with virtually no trade with any country, which, with the exception of potentially the United States of America, who I believe has agreed somewhat to roll over uh, that, mm-hmm. and also the Faroe Islands, <laughs> and also uh, some various other random places in the world. But besides that, and Israel also is a, is a rollover as well. But I mean, so again, random places in the world that uh, you know aren't near to us and uh, will be very difficult to trade with. And we'd also probably have to pay extra, ta- I think, extra uh, entry tariff, exit ta- entry and exit tariffs. I think for those countries to fall flow through those uh, supply lines. But uh, the it would basically just make things far more difficult for a no deal scenario, and could also je- jeopardize the security of this country. You know, I really don't understand why they um, have made the decision of hey, we can be able to take care of ourselves when they. Clearly cannot. No, they, they need help. Exactly. Like there's there's millions of people in poverty in this country. Yeah, pretty pretty much. There's kids who are who are going uh, going days without meals, and uh, there's uh, parents who can't afford to give those kids meals, and they're going starving too. Like this country is on its um, this country is uh, basically on its ass in regards to uh, uh, we can't even properly. Um, help our disabled people, and so we've uh, in a, ended up in a situation where uh, disabled people have ended up losing their benefits uh, and have ended up dying as a result. You know, through a um, ideology of conservatism that where okay, all these companies can all get these tax breaks, and we can you know do all this other stuff with this money. Then there's a magic money tree for virtually everything else. You know, we're going to get they're spending a hundred million pounds on uh, leafleting campaigns for Brexit. And trying to win the company country back over again, because so many people have realised how much of a shit show Brexit actually is, and they've been leaving in their droves. Yeah, you know, this is the reason why I say these the 17.4 million people that existed in 2016. It, this figure is meaningless now. Like, look at the, all the other democratic exercises that have come after that. Like, there's no, uh, there's virtually these 17.4 million people do not exist anymore. If anything, they're just, a, you know, a hardcore couple of million, if anything. And by the way, this is a country of, like, 65 million people, and even more than that. You know, and only 17.4 million people voted for it. Like, that's not even 50% of uh, people who were um, who were in this country who, who asked for that. 16 to 17-year-olds didn't get a say on it. You know, at least in the 16 to 17-year-olds got a, uh, a say in the Scottish referendum to say to stay part of the union. Oh, by the way, um, another thing about Brexit as well, which I think we should probably touch on, is that, you know, there's a possibility that Scotland might finally be independent because they might go for a second referendum to become independent and stay within the EU. And so, no, but Brexit, in, even in its word, becomes totally and utterly meaningless. Oh, jeez. Because Scotland would probably break away. Uh, there's also calls uh, to invoke a article in the Good Friday Agreement, to uh, have a, for the Northern Irish people to have a say of whether they want to be part of a united island or whether they want to stay in the UK. So all that's going to kick off now. So there's a possibility, and also there's a, I mean, there's a slim chance, also, that Wales could also decide to go independent. So that just leaves England and Gibraltar mm-hmm. <laughs> as, as part of, like, the so-called United Kingdom of, the, of England and Gibraltar and possibly even Jersey. 
Like, it's, it, it, England becomes a massive, small joke at this stage. And the whole, there's a possibility that, uh, and again, these are possibilities. I'm not saying these are going to happen. I'm saying these are possibilities that are now being uh, brought up to light uh, by this whole bullshit Brexit scenario. That now there's a possibility that Scotland could uh, get another second referendum. I'm, I'm sure the British government won't allow it. Maybe they'll probably try and do it anyway, and uh, there'll be uh, that chaos will ensue. Who knows? Then there'll probably be Sinn Féin and uh, the DUP tossing it out for uh, an independence referendum, or a, a, a unification referendum, I guess you could say, in this point. And who knows, maybe Plaid Cymru might have a shock win, and may themselves decide to go independent to uh, save their livelihoods and save their agricultural uh, uh, economy. In, in Wales, so who knows, maybe that might be a possibility that happens, I mean, uh, keep in mind, Plaid Cymru, who is the independent um, Scottish party in Wales, I mean, they're part of the Remain coalition at the minute, with the Liberal Democrats, the Green Party, and various others, so they will not stand in um, constituencies where they know that the Liberal Democrats or, or any other party could potentially win. So, um, I mean, right now, they're playing nice with the more, you know, the, the British parties. I mean, they're a Welsh international, they're a Welsh nationalist party, but they are still wanting to still keep Britain together and keep them in the EU, if possible. And if that means doing a deal or doing a pact with the Green Party and the Liberal Democrats and, you know, various other political parties, Change UK, you know, uh, is it Change UK that's still called, is it still called Change UK? I have no idea. But um, these particular political parties are all getting together and trying to keep the Britain from basically tearing itself apart and keeping it within the EU and uh, fighting against this rampant nationalism that seems to have engulfed our, you know, our country. And so there's likelihood is that Wales is going to break away. It's very slim at this point, thank God. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, the fact that this whole tussle could eventually mean uh, Brexit happening, martial law being, being introduced, emergency powers, you know, preventing people leaving their houses, pre you know, curfews they're also talking about as well. You know, the fact that you might have to be back in your house at 7 o'clock in the evening and might not be able to be allowed back out at, um, you know, 7 o'clock in the morning. Like, you know, the fact is that, you know, we will, there's a potential that we might actually even cease to even be a free society. It's... I'm, I'm, I'm really sad, you know, because, I mean, th they think that this is what's best for the country, but they have no consideration about what the people want. And the people are the ones who are screaming that they need things and they're being completely ignored. Yeah. It's funny, like, all the racism that currently exists in this country, you know, people being told, you know, go back to where you came from. I mean, uh, if things get worse in this country, I guarantee you, they probably might think about that. Mm. Like, we already got, um, you know, uh, Somali youths going back to Somalia, you know, because uh, they, they're, they're in fear of staying in London because they might get stabbed because of knife crime currently being a problem there. You know? It's like, mm. uh, if you don't believe me, go watch Channel 4 on YouTube. There's uh, that, that video exists, you know? Or it might be on BBC News night. I can't, I can't remember exactly who, who covered it. But, uh, I mean, like, the the state of this country is getting worse, pretty much. And Brexit, quite frankly, I, I put it completely at the, at the door of that. And, yeah, I, how, how can it not be to blame for everything that's going on right now, as far as I'm concerned? But, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I keep trying to bring this back from, from, uh, from dismal, dismal pastures. 
But, uh, I mean, there is some data um, analysis currently done for um, the top 50 girl names in 2018. And uh, this has been popularity uh, in, in, in the year. This is in the United States of America, by the way, just, just leaning on that. So, um, interestingly enough, they've been scouting how popular some names have been becoming. Now, this isn't any particular order, but... Uh, um, one thing I'm noticing here in this graph, and Patricia, I don't know if you actually see this graph or not. What? Yeah, I see it. Yeah, yeah, so... Um, so, in some of the most popular names, from the looks of what I can see here, is, uh, I guess Emma is pretty popular. And, uh, I guess Olivia is pretty popular, too. And, uh, shout out to Olivia Hatt, by the way, who, uh, voice of Ronda from Hey Arnold and various other cartoon shows. Um, mm -hmm. Ava? Is Ava. Not? Ava is, uh, popular. Isabella is also popular, too. And, yeah, uh, it makes a lot of sense because uh, that was when Twilight was out, and a lot of Twilight fans decided to name their daughter Isabella, as in, like, the, you know, with Bella. So okay. that's the reason why. And I think that Emma, I mean, it could be accounted for, like, either Emma Thompson or Emma Watson. Um, Olivia, you know, a similar, um, similar fate with, I think, with a particular actress or whatnot. Um, so it could be, you know, possibilities with that. Yeah. Um, so, I guess, um, let me look at some other ones. Sophia, I guess, is another one. Uh, Emily kind of declined. From the looks yeah, of exactly, yeah. Emily has been declining. I mean, it was, like, really popular for a while, but then it, yeah, it, it hasn't been slow decline over the years. Mm -hmm. uh, Elizabeth has also been in, like, it's, mind you, it has been massively popular. It's still, though, in decline. Pretty much it, yeah, I, I can understand like around the 1880s it would be in popularity because, you know, obviously they would name it after the queen. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, it I, I don't, uh, I guess they kind of see it as like an old-fashioned name. Yeah. Um, some unpopular, uh, Madison went popular in the, uh, I guess in the 2000s and then kind of pitted off after that. Uh, yeah, I, I remember the name Madison being like really popular around the '80s and '90s because of um, the uh, the Mermaid movie with uh, Tom Hanks, and uh, that was when you know he um, that was like one of his more earlier or later roles, like right before he started getting into the mainstream. So uh, that and also I think the name Madison is a more unisex name because you can either name your girl or your boy Madison. So um, I guess like you know unisex names like Robin. Or um, you know so stuff like that can are probably a little bit more popular around the two thousands. Yeah. So uh, uh, why would you call your uh, so hey uh, why were you called Madison? It's like well uh, uh, I was at Madison Square Garden and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and they yeah. beat it out of me. So <laughs> I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, let's have a look at a few other ones. Um, by, by the way, my microphone is falling off. What the heck's going on here? Okay, it's back. Cool. We're all alright. Okay, you can hear me again. Um, Grace bit it off after the 1800s and then had a little blip in the 2000s. So, mm -hmm. uh, Will and Grace, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, I probably Will and Grace, yeah. yeah. Hannah had a massive uptake in the late 90s and then bit it off after, uh... Yeah, oh. do you think it could, uh, yeah, probably, do you think it could have been named after the, uh, the actress of Hannah? Uh, I, I forgot what her last name mm. is. Maybe it was the Millennium Bug. Maybe he just like hit two thousand and then just declined. Oh, Hannah Montana! There we go. Hannah, Hannah Montana. Montana. Oh my goodness! Imagine naming your kid after a Disney series. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I was. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, I thought Bella was like a stretch, but Hannah Montana. <laughs> yeah. Let's have a look at some of the more unpopular names. Like uh, Skylar was uh, never really a thing. 
apparently. Yeah, I mean, Skylar is, I mean, the origins of Skylar is very interesting. Like, I, I know a few people who are named Skylar, but not enough, you know, like, as in, like, a common name. Yeah. Um, Claire, surprisingly, is a little flat in this, in this. I must, surely I must know quite a few Claire's. Yeah, I, I could, yeah, like Claire Danes, for example. Yeah, but, I mean, I mean, don't you personally know any Claire's? I only, huh? I've only met, like, one Claire in my lifetime. Oh, okay, then, well, I guess I'm, I guess I'm just special that I've met most of the Claire's in the world, I guess. <laughs> yeah, everybody knows you're special. Yeah, no, thank you. Um, or you're just British, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Bella. Um, I mean, the Bella twins were quite pop. Are they quite popular? I guess maybe not enough to, uh, you know, probably, you know, to have a dent in the, uh, in the, in this. Mm-hmm. Thing. Mind you, I guess, I mean, guess they were around, you know, for a few years. The Twilight, before then. yeah. I don't know. Um, Brooklyn, and uh, I guess Brooklyn Beckham. I guess hasn't really. Yeah, I was just about with... to say the same thing. Yeah, Brooklyn Beckham. Yeah, but he's not. I mean, obviously they're not named many girls Brooklyn in in there. So mind yeah. you. Yeah. Being a boy, being maybe Brooklyn Beckham, being a boy, maybe I don't know. Yeah, it could, uh, it could be also a unisex name as well. It's like, hey, how did you get your name? I was born in Brooklyn. Yeah, um, Violet. Uh, oh, Violet. Um, not very yeah. popular, you know, according to this. And I thought they would have at least had like a little bit of a peak after The Incredibles. I thought, but yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I guess maybe it will be more common in the past because of the the flower. But, yeah, I, I take it that there might be some characters, like you said, in The Incredibles. I know that there's a, an anime character named Violet, uh, who's uh, Violet uh, Bow, Bow Garden or something like that, who's, like, becoming really popular. So, I mean, like, yeah, I, I think that... Or maybe, like, with... Uh, I'm thinking, like, Violet Stimpleton from Rocket Power. But, uh, yeah, Violet is a very... Um, uncommon name for most accounts yeah um so i'm just gonna just go breeze through some of these other ones and uh, just give so um ellie i mean i guess she can name i guess ellie's not that popular um as i look for you other ones zoe surprise i know a zoe yeah, sure. there's lots of Zoe's. Zoe de Chanel, Zoe Kravitz, mm. Zoe from Sesame Street. Yeah, there's a few Zoe's. Yeah, um, Riley is, uh, I mean, I guess hasn't had enough time to get popularity. I guess you could name out the kid from Up, I guess, but I don't know. Um, um, yeah, I, Riley, once again, is a unisex name. My sister's dog, his name is Riley, and he's a boy. Okay, then. Um, Penelope. Now, Penelope, I can see that there's a little blip, I think, within the 60s, and I can probably... That, that makes a lot of sense because i believe uh, around the 70s uh, the 60s and 70s there would have been a a character named penelope pitstop in wacky races and also there was lady penelope in thunderbirds right yeah so may, maybe there was that and maybe i'm done i might be the wrong era i'm not too sure so actually let me just uh, let me just double check that uh, yeah go ahead thunderbirds uh can't believe managing guns on thunderbirds and finally do we ever talk about thunderbirds on this show uh, no, we've never talked about Thunderbirds, to be quite honest. Yeah, you, you are familiar with the show, aren't you? Of course, uh, yeah. It's that, that puppet show yeah. like around the uh, the 60s. Yeah, and so, yeah, this was 1965 to 1966. So, yeah, I'm correct. So, Penelope was quite popular within that time. And so, uh, uh, according to that, I had a little blip. Not a massive blip. Not everyone was you know scrambling to go call, call their kid Penelope. But uh, mm-hmm. it kind of corresponds with that little time, I guess. Um, other ones that, uh, so, uh, Scarlet was, had a little blip in 2000s, uh... Not, uh, you know, Scarlet Johansson. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Avery. 
Avery. Avery. Um, could uh, could that be based off of the actor? I don't know. Like, uh, mm. not too sure. And then there's Harper. Okay. Yeah. Well, besides Again, that, it could be it could be an uh, could be an actor reference. Maybe. But uh, that's just that's your data for uh, kids who were girls who were named uh, during that time. Or maybe so. it, or maybe it's a reference to uh, Harper Lee, the author of To Kill a Mockingbird. Maybe. Because I think around the late 2010s was when she started writing her second book. Okay. Uh, moving on. Um, so, hey Arnold, uh, season six. Um, we got a new petition, pretty much. So, uh, uh, I guess I'll put this link in the description if you want to sign it. But uh, here's the thing about this now. Uh, from the update that I hear from sources close to the situation, is that in regards to season six, now this is my understanding of it. Um, I mean, the minute like the great well, it still wants to do it, but obviously it's not being talked about it within Nickelodeon circles at the moment. So. Uh, at the minute, um, it's not going to happen anytime soon. So, uh, basically, yeah. that's uh, prompted the next petition. And so, uh, if you want to sign that now, then there it is. So, um, it's currently got 168 people. It needs about 50... They've put a goal of, like, 15,000. But, uh, so, I it's guess... Gonna take a, it's going to take a while, for sure, because the the first time that they um, did the petition for the uh, Jungle movie, if you guys remember, was... It took about, like, two years. Oh, yeah. And to be fair, though, like, after the Jungle movie was released and uh, they did, they, they started at, like, the uh, the original Season 6 position, that gained, like, a couple of thousand within a couple of days. Mm-hmm. So it even eclipsed the, uh, the, you know, the original Jungle movie position, so... Like, uh, so there's a possibility out there that, uh, in, in regards to season six, you know, I still think it's still going to be a possibility, but I think it's going to be years down the line. Yeah, it's going to be much later down the line because uh, don't forget that, uh, you know, it took us to get Rocco's Water Life static cling about like three years after its announcement and for Invaders about two years later. And the reason why was because of multiple shifts and change with, um, you, with uh, behind the scenes um, th- p- um, issues with um, Nickelodeon, as you remember, Sima Saragami uh, had left Nickelodeon, and Brian Robbins became the president. And Chris Viscardi is no longer the vice president of you know uh, Nickelodeon movies um, con um, uh, content. We have somebody else who is, and uh, I-, I forgot who the name was. I'll have to look it up, but. Yeah, there's been a lot of shifting of different people working at Nickelodeon now than it was a few years ago when the Jungle movie was being pitched and presented. Yeah. So I would say though that I think what they brought in, I think, was basically. I mean, you got to keep in mind, Nickelodeon was in the doldrums at that point. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, now I think they basically brought in like a, basically what would be an emergency kind of cabinet, if you will. Like, you know, it was their, it was their kind of their their ditch to try and uh, get back to where they were. And so, I mean, now, I mean, obviously, you've got the Loud House. You've obviously got, uh, you know, we're talking about Nickelodeon again, pretty much, you know, with uh, with these guys coming in and doing what they did. So, obviously, yeah, exactly. they, now that they've got things back on rails, I mean, obviously, now they feel that uh, they want to, uh, obviously, try and steer uh, Nickelodeon into, uh, into a newer direction. And so... Um, yeah, uh, Brian Robbins had mentioned many times that, you know, he wants to bring Nickelodeon into a balance between catering towards the people who grew up with it and for the new generation. He wants to focus on new content as well as the old content. Yeah, well, I think he, I mean, the way they should have gone it, uh, through it, I think, at least in my opinion, is that, I mean, obviously, catering to us, I mean, we've, we've got Netflix, for crying out loud. I mean, you know, we keep releasing stuff on Netflix for us and we'll keep we'll keep watching it. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, for everyone else who's six to eleven demographic, obviously concentrate on them and give them new stuff to grow to grow up with. 
Yeah, and also we have Pluto TV as well, where a lot of people seem to not uh, understand what it is. I mean, at first I didn't understand what it was, but Pluto TV is kind of like um, a channel where you can be able to watch, um, you know, various uh, channels uh, on TV, you know, on your phone or online, and on, um, you know, if you have a Roku or a a Fire Stick, and it has some of the um, classic Nickelodeon shows airing, like Legends of the Hidden Temple and the original Nicktoons and such. You just have to, um, you know, find what time it's scheduled and you can be able to watch it like while it's streaming live. So you also have that option too. And it's completely free too. Exactly. So, um, yeah, I mean, so right now Nickelodeon back on the bounce. Um, and I think it would be great if uh, we got a, uh, another season of Hey Arnold. But, you know, looking at the way this is going now and the way the direction that Nickelodeon is going in, I think if we are going to go Hey Arnold, I mean, do you think, and this is the thing, Craig has told me previously that he would like to keep, you know, obviously the, you know, try and keep the show as uh, much as uh, faithful as possible. So obviously they're going to end up having, uh, you know, basically they're still going to be kids at the end of the day and they're not going to grow up all that much. And so my biggest fear fear i think is going to be is that uh, i mean if they're gonna if hey arnold's going to come back and that they're going to want to aim this as a um demographic for you know us basically you know the uh, the 20 to 30 year olds who have long passed you know moving it across nickelodeon i mean obviously we're all going to find it cute but i think there will be that appetite i think for us to at least see some kind of adult material i mean like uh, i mean you would have to have elga drop the f-bomb at like at some point I, I would have thought. Like, you know, I mean, if that were to be, I mean, if we were to see that, I mean, it will have to be at least with the, the Pataki spinoff. I mean, that, that's the sense that I can see it well, happening. Maybe, yeah, but I think, I can't see why. I mean, I would love there to be, I mean, imagine if they did do, like, a, a show where, you know, Arnold and Helga are grown up. Like, you know, that it is kind of like Girl Meets World, pretty much. But, so, you know, you got Arnold and Helga are the parents, and then they got their own kids as well. And so they're off having their own adventures, and then, like, uh, you know, you got Arnold and Helga kind of giving, you know, their own particular spin of advice, and, you know, based on, you know, what they what they learned back in the, sh- in the original show. You, you know, know, that's becoming a lot more common nowadays. I mean, we, we've seen um, Girl Meets World, uh, the Raven TV series, uh, Fuller House, uh, and even anime has been doing it a lot more recently. Uh, Boruto Naruto Next Generations is an example I can think of in which they're focusing on the new generation of the Hidden Leaf Village. So uh, I'm surprised that Nickelodeon hasn't done this yet. Yeah, well, like, the thing is, I think they're not going to do it because obviously Craig Barlett would obviously have, uh, I mean, we, we, they would want Craig, I think, probably involved in it. I mean, probably yeah, I, I mean, I, I, you remember the, the the announcement of the Clarissa, um, you know, reboot, and they said that that it either will be a new Clarissa or maybe of um, a continuation of the original with Melissa Joan Hart. I mean, we haven't heard any new information about that since his announcement. It sounds like it's on the back burner, I think, until those who got until they decided what they're going to do. That so, is true, uh, yeah, yeah, because right now um, we have not only. Um, Enter the Florpus coming out this coming week, and we have the Are You Afraid of the Dark miniseries that's going to be coming out in October. And then there's also the Rugrats reboot and the upcoming movie down in the line. And Brian Robbins even talked about if they were to bring back more properties. Uh, he was mentioning about like um, bringing back Doug, which I have no idea how that's going to happen because Disney owns the rights to it. So I think they'll probably do a deal. I think they'll probably like pay. Maybe they might pay a licensing a, a licensing deal. So they'll remind you. The problem is that if uh, if they put that on the table, would Nickelodeon even take it? 
You know, like, it's like, why on earth are we giving money to our competition to do this? You know? I mean, to be quite honest, Nick, Disney hasn't done anything with Doug in almost 20 years. And it doesn't seem like they'll even care. Because if they did, then they would have done it years ago. Maybe. Maybe even, dare dare I say, maybe even Disney might even, like, uh, if Nick Lee pitched the idea, maybe Disney might do it first. Uh, well, not necessarily, because if you recall, when uh, you know D- uh, Nickelodeon uh, was celebrating the three original Nicktoons 25th anniversary, Jim Jenkins mentioned that he had pitched the idea to Disney, but they had no interest in it. Uh, you know, he pitched the idea of a possible TV movie where it would have been like a reunion and Doug and Skeeter. We got to see what they were up to and everybody else. And N- Disney was remotely not interested in it whatsoever so well, i think it's because of what happened with dog's first movie i think and uh, i mean can we really say that the original i mean obviously disney's dog i mean wasn't really as successful as the nickelodeon series really when you think about uh, it so. yeah i mean it's kind of hard to say especially since i still get so many comments to this day of people defending disney's doug um from my video if this is disney's doug really that bad so I think that, uh, for the most part, you have to understand that Disney's Doug came out when Slice of Life cartoons were at its peak. It came out around the same time as Arthur, Hey Arnold, Recess, The Weekenders, Pepper Ann. So it had some steep competition. And yeah. I, I, I just think, I still believe Disney's Doug, I think mean, we started off on the wrong tone, I think. So like that, yeah, for sure. The, the fact that Roger Klotz is now a millionaire, the fact that, uh, you know, uh, I, I know it's going on with the continuity of, the, of that, and also the uh, the fact that, you know, yeah, who was it, like Cleopatra Dirtbike Funny? Yeah, uh, yes. It's just, yeah, it's just, it's just, I just feel like he just went too far out there, man. Like, uh, I just think that, uh, you know, they should have, they should have at least kept some aspects of it. I mean, I would still accept, uh, you know, uh, Mrs. Bluff as like, uh, no, not Mrs. Bluff, was it? It was uh, Ma- Ma- Mrs. Dink. Mrs. Dink is like the mayor of like the, the city and everything like that. I'll always keep everything in like that. But I mean, there's just some things I would have just kind of like said, you know what, like uh, just, uh, you know, don't, don't, don't go there, you know, mm. but uh, that's just me. Sure. Uh, we're only short on time, so uh, shall we just press on with... Uh, and by the way, uh, we might end up doing this as a bonus podcast, maybe. Our thoughts on uh, Rocker's Modern Life Static Cling, maybe. So, well, uh, let's see how the rest of the show goes, and we'll just go with that. But, uh, um, so, Patricia, shall we talk about uh, a sensible country that dis- does sensible things when uh, tragedy strikes? And uh, uh, Yeah, sure. Sure. Why not? New Zealand um, has uh, been, since the Christchurch shooting, um, which killed, uh, these parishioners all in this, uh, and these, uh, uh, these Muslims who uh, were just uh, innocently attending mosque and not harming anybody. This uh, maniac has decided to live stream the entire thing on Facebook and, uh, just gun down these innocent people and, uh, for no good reason whatsoever. And so that. Uh, made New Zealand and their government do some soul searching, and uh, they, you know, only within a couple of weeks, uh, got a law in place which uh, basically uh, allowed them allowed them to do a buyback of uh, weaponry that is uh, around New Zealand. So the New Zealand gun buyback has uh, had ten thousand claimants. So they have actually, uh, what they've done is um, more than one thousand firearms have been bought back by the New Zealand government. Uh, less than a month after the it's it's uh, part, uh, as long as it's part of the gun back buying scheme following the Christchurch shooting in in March, uh, following the killing of 51 people in uh, two inner city Christchurch Christchurch mosques by the Australian white supremacist and uh, 
by an Australian match twice supremacist. Uh, the government rushed into legislation to ban military-style semi-automatic weapons and set aside around $150 million to buy back the arms, firearms, which are now illegal. So, basically, you are, if you have one of these weapons, it is now considered illegal to own, but uh, you won't get prosecuted for actually owning it. If you actually hand it in, they will actually give you money for giving it back. So. Yeah, I, I, I've heard about that, and it, you can. There's like pictures of the amount of guns that they have collected, and it is just absolutely staggering. It's probably nothing, mind you. Like uh, the amount of weapons, I, I do admit, is pretty sizable, but it was nothing compared to the buyback of Australia. Like uh, when they took all the guns away from them, and uh, now, like that's uh, uh, you know, there's you know, mass shootings are just non-existent in these areas. Like, uh, I can't remember the last time we had, like, a mass shooting here in this country. It probably was uh, maybe Dunblane, I think, maybe, when the yeah, guy think, walked in and killed all the school children. But besides that, um, we've had nothing else, you know, you know, near to what that was like. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, and the fact is, I think that New Zealand is taking very positive steps, at least in very my opinion, positive. that uh, they're, they're going to make sure that none of this stuff ever happens again. So... So well, think. that's good. I wish that there will be some certain countries, I'm not going to say who, <clears throat> that might actually get a clue into saying, hey, um, maybe if we were to lay down on, you know, some of these guns uh, and how many people can own them and what kind of people can own them, then maybe it would be a much more safer place to be. Well, I mean, for that particular country we're talking about, I mean, who knows? Maybe that probably might that might actually be a possibility. You know, the NRA right now is um, in, in in dire straits at the minute. Yeah, uh, I know exactly. So I think that that's exactly. Uh, I think that people are starting to actually realize that. Hey, you remember the ban that we had all those years ago, where after it happened, there was a lot less shooting. So yeah, I think that maybe when you take it away, and there might be a bigger chance of people using guns to kill people, and the fact that there is no ban of the guns, maybe we should bring it back because it's a safety for all of us. I just don't think uh, people should have military grade weapons, in my opinion. Like uh, I just think here's the thing about this: like I have no problem people like owning certain weapons for obviously like like personal defense. Or things like that, but in regards to like you know, you do not need an you do need need a semi-automatic machine gun. I'm sorry, you do not need something that's gonna gun down an entire group of people. As far as I'm concerned, you know, like uh, I don't believe any civil country is that unsafe, in my opinion, to have a have to have a, a military-grade weapon. Uh, right. To, to that. So as far as I'm concerned, you know, I think uh, New Zealand is taking a very positive step on this, I think, and uh, actually putting military-grade weapons in the hands of, like, you know, military only. <laughs> you know, yeah. Pretty much what they were, what they were, what were they, were, they were purposed to do. And so in regards to, uh, you know, right now, uh, I mean, give this in mind, you know, I know people say that Donald Trump's words mean basically nothing at this point. I think it's, it's all just, it's all just gas and hot air. Pretty much, what it is. but uh, I do, I do feel a sense of somewhat little bit of victory in the fact that uh, he basically admitted that you know some crazy people shouldn't have access to weapons. Now keep this, and I do keep keep this in mind that uh, you know he, um, you know he did support legislation where it made it easier for these maniacs to own these weapons. But now I think he's having to the fact that he's uh, basically used these people as their his as his base. For a considerable amount of time, but now he realizes that electorally he could potentially be in a lot of trouble. And uh, you know, um, in regards to 
you know, moderate voters, definitely with uh, people who they, you know, the, the floating voters who will float between Democrat and Republican. He, I think he knows that he's in trouble. So in a way, he's having to basically turn on his own base. In a way. Yeah, exactly. It's, I think that the fact that we have, you know, that account and, I think that with people understanding that these things can be very dangerous if dealt with unchecked hands, then yeah, I, I think I even saw like a post of somebody who listed down, you know, comparing different states about how to get a gun. They uh, for like southern states, they say, um, you know, fill up form, get gun, and then for another state, like say New York, it's like you know, first you fill a form, then you have to wait a few months, then you have to get a checkup. Then you have to make sure that your mentality is fine. Then you have to go to a gun course and like do some tests. Then you have to wait a couple of more weeks. Then you have to file some more papers. And then eventually you'll be questioned by the police and have your records checked and all that stuff. And then you get a gun. Yeah. Um, so but, but I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say one more thing. Go on. uh, sorry, Aaron, but. I know that there are some people out there that do own guns and they say that, oh, I'm doing it because I have it for protection and, you know, in case of robbers and stuff like that, which I, I mean, for those people, that's fine. And I know that some people use it for hunting and I know that some people use it for collecting or for sports. I have no issues with that at all. But for any people who have a bad agenda of saying, like, I want to use it to kill people of this particular race or I want to use it so that I can be able to state a message saying that, you know, white supremacy is what America is representing, then, yeah, then I, I don't think that that is accounted for why you should have a gun. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, like, um, you know, you shouldn't be owning a military-grade weapon. I mean, we don't give surface to wear missiles to people. You know, we don't give uh, tanks to people, you know, at least, you know, at least, you know, uh, ones that are activated. Um, we don't give, um, you know, grenade launches to people. You know, we, uh, if the, if the BFG ever existed from Doom, I'm sure we wouldn't give that to people either. You know, uh, I mean, like, uh, so there needs to be a line and it needs to be drawn between what is, uh, good to be in the hands of a civilian and what is good to be in the hands of a military, in the hands of a military. So. You want to you know what's stupid? That Walmart, you know, they, they're the ones who still owns guns and people can be able to purchase them easily. They're saying that video games are the cause of all of this violence, so they decided, Funnily hey, we're enough, going to... Now that you, 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 yeah, yeah, you mentioned that. Apparently Walmart's, uh, you know, associates, quote-unquote, apparently aren't very happy with it, and so they're causing a bit of ruckus within their own management. So. Yeah, they're, they're actually removing, like, all of the quote-unquote violent video games and their advertisements, but they're not removing the guns from their stores, and that's actually causing a lot of people who work in Walmart to go on a bit of a protest. Well, they're walking out, so, like... Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, it's obviously causing a ruckus over there, and uh, quite frankly, I mean, you know, mind you, who, who buys video games at Walmart anymore? You know, it's like, you ever heard of a Steam account? You know, like, uh, I mean, there, there are some video games that you can purchase on Steam. Like, you can purchase um, various uh, indie games or various Nintendo games on the Steam. I wish you could play Mario on the Steam. That'd be great. Well, yeah, you can still you can still download it off the Nintendo store. You know, like, uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. But you know how Nintendo if you want to get this, if you want to get a physical copy. I mean, you can you can actually you know you can get it online. You know, like, uh, they, you know, yeah. as, far, as far as, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, maybe, Walmart probably did that as a, I guarantee you this, if they were making a killing out of video games, uh, the video game market, I guarantee you they would not have taken those video games away. I guarantee you yeah. that. I think they saw it as an easy way of promotion and maybe, you know, easy way of uh, winning, you know, uh, uh, winning eyes 
from politicians and uh, getting getting the um, getting the positive nod from society, and they thought, okay, we're going to take the we're going to take the games away because we're not selling them anyway, and they just end up in the back anyway. You know, it's like you know, here's the funny thing about this. I went to um, the after Christmas, I went to the local John Lewis in my area, and you would not believe the amount of inventory they still had from Christmas that they could not really? sell. Like we're oh, talking, wow. like you know, uh, you know, copies of copies of Super Mario Odyssey and Mario Kart uh, 8 Deluxe. Wow! And you know, like some no of, kidding. Some, some some of the popular Nintendo Switch games that were still just sitting there, not yet being sold, and they were basically they were at the point where the I think uh, I think one employee told me I think actually they were giving them away to like you know their their fellow employee you know their their fellow employees for like bonus purposes. You know, like just you know, like so, and like I just kind of said, it's like it's amazing how all of this was sold, and like this guy basically always says, "Well, they all just get it online anyway." So it's like, oh, you I, mean, well, like and- I mean, if, if they should have done like a promotion, it's like, hey, you know, maybe we're having a sale on various video games, or if you're the one millionth customer, you get to have a few free games. You, you know, kind of like help promote the store. Yeah, exactly, but uh, I mean, they're, they're not going to do that because I just think that you know, I keep it in mind. Also, they 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 can't really at the time lower their prices to underneath the base price because that means they sell them at a loss. So obviously, there's no there's no reason why. I mean, um, it's not. I mean, not not all companies are like Sony, where they were selling PlayStations at a loss. I mean, like, uh, I mean, keep this in mind. Like, they they these companies are there to make a profit, and uh, if they they're going to get these stock in, I guarantee you, probably now, um, in a couple of years' time, I don't think you're actually going to be able to buy physical copies of video games. I think at certain stores, I think they will just just uh, rule it all out altogether. I think. Yeah, it's it's really sad. Yeah. It is sad, but you know, not for Walmart. I mean, like you know, uh, Walmart basically is just like, oh well, you know, fuck you if you're not going to sell my video games. I'll just go get them somewhere else. Uh, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah. actually funny that you mentioned that because I saw a meme of you know that scene from The Wedding Singer in which the John Lovitz character sees the um, Adam Sandler character singing a song about like killing himself, and then he says the line, "He's losing his mind, and I'm reaping all the benefits." And then it says like here, Walmart no longer interested in selling violent video games. GameStop, who is currently in bankruptcy, and then you have John Lovett smiling. So, oh man, is, does that mean that GameStop is going to take advantage of the fact that Walmart's not going to be selling violent video games and that uh, we're going to have to get them at GameStop? Probably. Uh, oh, it wasn't, wouldn't surprise me. But uh, any, 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 any company for that matter. Sorry, like you said. Okay, you're not going to get your games there. Okay, we'll uh, go get Doom Eternal somewhere. You know, get, get Doom Eternal somewhere else. You know, pretty soon we're going to be having a black market. Uh, no, 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 there won't be a black market. It'll basically just be other companies ben- reaping the benefits from other companies that are too weak to sell them. If anything, like it's going to be like you know. Uh, so I mean, I guess you could say that. Uh, hey, for sure, I guess you say Walmart isn't the only game in town. <laughs> oh, that was terrible, but uh, yeah. Keep your day job. Yeah, I will keep it. Yeah. Um. Okay. So uh, we're nearly at the end of the show. And uh, sorry that we overran quite a bit, but uh, I mean, I guess we're going to use the next couple of minutes to uh, give our thoughts on uh, Rocco's Modern Life Static Cling, uh, released this week, uh, pretty much. And uh, so uh, I watched it on the Saturday morning because uh, that's what I used to do back in the day. And uh, so um, it was 45 minutes long. And some people, I think that's the first thing I guess we should talk about, I guess. I mean, keeping this in mind. 
Um, wasn't Rocco's Modern Life Static Cling originally um, advertised to people as a TV movie? Yes, it so, was. Yeah, so, I mean, 45 minutes isn't really... I mean, how long is... Uh, I mean, I've got Hey Arnold the Jungle movie right behind me, actually. Let me just check. I think it's about an hour and, uh, hour and 15, hour and 20. Um, yeah, I guess it's somewhere around that line. Let me just check the running time on this. Go ahead. It's, it's, uh, oh, good grief. It's a 7.481 white screen. That's pretty cool. 81 minutes running time. Okay. And so, so, yeah, that's about like an hour and 15, hour and 20. Du- that's double, yeah, compared to what uh, Rocker's Modern Life Study Cling is. So, I mean, I guess then, I mean, the only thing I can probably think of is that they started off as a TV movie and then they started to turn it into a TV special, mm-hmm. I guess. And then obviously it ended up not being a TV special anymore and ended up being a, uh, a TV, a, a Netflix uh, exclusive. So. Yeah. So I guess I'm sure, sure I know I know you've already had the old school lane, but uh, I will give you the floor first to kind of like maybe repeat yourself or give some new additional thoughts. But uh, your thoughts on Rocco's modern life static cling? Um, did it cling? <laughs> All right. Uh, yes, it did absolutely cling indeed. For anybody who is a huge fan of Rocco's Modern Life, you will absolutely go crazy for this movie. It is just absolutely wonderful. So, for those who are wondering what the plot is, uh, I'm, I'm not going to give spoilers away unless you know we'll probably get toward like the end. But so uh, it, there's a reference uh, towards the beginning of the plot in an episode that it would be the last in the series called Future Schlock, in which Rocco. Heifer and Filbert would be uh, having a rocket that would be connected over to Rocco's house and they'll be flying around in space. And they did so for 20 years. And then finally, they were able to land back on Earth and see O-Town in uh, basically in modern amenities. Like they have like a whole bunch of Starbucks. They have the iPhones. They have 3D movies. They have energy drinks. And they have... Um, they have uh, food trucks, and Rocco um, is like incredibly overwhelmed with all of the modern stuff that is going on. And the one thing that is making him happy to know uh, is about that if the Fat Heads are still running on TV. Now, the Fat Heads is a TV show that was his favorite. It was created by Ralph Bighead, who is Ed and Bev's son, and he is wondering about if they're still running on TV, but it's not anymore, and not even reruns. And so, basically, throughout the entire movie is his fight to find Ralph Bighead so that they can be able to get the fat heads back on the air and there's also a side plot with um, you know Ed accidentally causing Conglomo to go in ruins and partly the reason why they want to find Ralph Bighead is so that they can be able to get the company back in order with all their money to capitalize on people's nostalgia for the show. Yeah. So I guess I mean how far are we going to go into spoilers with this because obviously we want people to watch this actually so. Uh... <sighs> okay um I think that's, uh, I mean, that's up to you, Aaron. I mean, do you think we should really get into the spoilers? Because there's one plot twist that people have been talking about ever since this uh Well, TV tell you what, I do think that we want people to kind of like listen to the end of the show. So I guess we'll, let's, let's stay away from spoiler territory. But uh, I will simply say this. I mean, the, I love the art style. I mean, like, uh, mm-hmm. I think I think the fact that they stuck with the same art style as the original TV show, I think, was, I mean, couldn't you easily see them kind of like trying to um, make this you know, uh, try and modernize it, I think, a bit too much, and it looks a bit too smooth, and then it kind of... Well, here's the thing, I mean, it's not, it's not in digital, believe it or not, it's actually cell animation, Mm -hmm. because, um, 
basically uh, Joe Murray wanted to keep the integrity of the look of Rocco's Modern Life and didn't want it to be looking like if uh, like a modern cartoon, like in uh, Flash. So what he did was is that he contacted some of the old people who worked on the show as well as new people who grew up with Rocco's Modern Life. And I remember there was an interview of um, Joe Murray talking to his uh, co-director, Cosmo Sergalin. And when he saw the final product and how it looked like, it was like really smooth and really clean and all that stuff. And he's like, whoa, what happened? I mean, why does it look like this? And then Cosmo told him it's an HD Joe. So, yeah, I mean, you have to understand that, you know, we've come a long way from animation compared to 25 years ago. Yeah. And, you know, with, um, I just love that they've actually done that. And, I mean, would we say, though, that this is going to be the vehicle that's going to, like, kickstart 2D animation again? I mean, like, uh, I mean, going back to, like, I mean, you know Disney now. Every movie's now in 3D. Yeah. Pretty much. Like, I mean, can you see, I mean, I, I'm not too sure if this is going to be, the um, starting point of like uh, you know Disney all of a sudden turning around and saying oh hey let's uh, do another 2D movie or uh, you know um, uh, DreamWorks Animation for example and it's like oh let's uh, you know uh, let's go back to the style that we used to do with the Prince of Egypt you know I, yeah yeah I don't know if this is going to be the vehicle for that but uh, it's I mean, not is I, it? I, I can assure you it's not yeah but uh, the fact that it sticks to that and the fact that he grasps for every uh, nostalgic I mean you see all the classic characters. You know, yeah, it's, you it's, it's amazing, you know. Yeah, like, you have Rocco, Heifer, Filbert, you have the big heads, you have Dr. Hutchinson, um, you have, um, all, you know, all these characters who we've come to know throughout the series, and even some minor characters and background characters that only hardcore nerdy Rocco fans would like get, um, get to know who they are. If you're a kid and you've watched this as your first vehicle into Rocco, you're not going to know who these, um, you know, side characters are, but trust me when I say this, I mean, it is a treat to get to see some of the characters in the background, especially in like various scenes. And it is just awesome. And there's like so many like little touches of callbacks to previous episodes with, um, you know, like some, um, uh, like, um, objects and, some little crazy moments like there's a moment with um when the when the first moment that you see in um when the house is going into space and all the junk is like flying out of Rocco's house you see GI Jimbo which is a of action figure that Heifer gives to Rocco for the garage sale there's the mop where Spunky falls in love with the mop there's uh the pasture um pasties which is uh, Heifer's favorite snack there's turdy which is he uh Filbert's pet bird there's just so and th th that's just the beginning of like little touches that hardcore fans would go absolutely nuts over yeah i, I just think that's uh, i mean i love the fact that they actually try even shoved in some adult humor into this like you know i remember when like uh, he gets uh um um spunky gets like all the mops for like uh or, and then he's like you know uh, here you go you sicko like it's like <laughs> Oh, it was it, it's it's gold, absolute gold, and uh, oh, and he sees the YouTube video of like ten hours of mob action. It's like yeah. looking at porn. Well, I mean, like, uh, uh, yeah, it's just it, it hits on all those uh, all those internet jokes as well, and like it's just it's uh, it's it is absolutely and even even the intro, the way that it comes in. I mean, like they they just updated the. Uh, the original intro, but they did it in a way which actually, you know, makes sense. I mean, the uh, the bit where the cursor's, like, trying to click on Rocco, and, uh, you know, then uh, you have the laptop eating his brain. Like, you know, it's like, it's like the, 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 I don't know. Is there a line to be drawn, I think, in regards to how real, I think, Rocco's modern life actually gets in regards to commentary 
and, man. Uh, do you think it there, could... there are so many lines in this movie yeah. that people can draw into for how incredibly relatable it is, whether it be about like the discussion of bringing back the fat heads and we have the chameleon brothers saying like, oh, we'll do it in computers. It's passionless, but it's cheap. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, like, yeah, with Norma the North existing, I think you can obviously relate to that. But, uh, I mean, the... Probably the, the one, like, on-the-nose moment is when uh, Mr. Bighead was telling Rocco, um, you know, Rocco, you're the only one who can be able to bring back the fadheads and convince Mr. Dupet. The fans have all the power! It's like, <laughs> this is clearly a reference to, like, the fact that the fans were kind of the ones responsible for bringing back the Jungle movie. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, I, I did listen to that and think, yeah, this this is a nod to us, isn't it? Like, it's yeah. just, it's, it's commentary for us. And so, uh, but, uh, I mean, I guess, um, to kind of wrap this up, I guess, I, I think um, the one thing I was uh, ask on the, to end all of this would be, is, uh, would you say this would be enough to warrant more Rocco's modern life in the future? Oh, that's so hard to say. Like, you know, as the Rocco fan that I am, I would probably say yes. But I know that Joe Murray has mentioned in an interview, like shortly after the movie came out, that he's no longer interested in producing more Rocco content. He said that this is enough, which um, if this was going to be the last uh, Rocco content, then I would be completely satisfied. But, you know, I would like to see another TV movie based off of Rocco or maybe like one season. But if this is to be the, the case, then I'm completely content content with uh, what we got in Static Cling. Yeah, I, I just think that, I mean, in regards to, like, you know, cartoons telling it how it is, I mean, we, we've... that That's kind of already exists already. I mean, like, I mean, the one that comes to mind right now is Rick and Morty. You mm-hmm. know? I mean, and, uh, Yeah, and, and, but that's an adult cartoon. I mean, I'm sure that's something for kids. Yeah, I, I but, I mean, thing- keep in mind, Patricia, I mean, like, the fact that the, if Rocco's Modern Life did come back, it would be aimed at us. It would be on fair Netflix. enough, fair enough. I guess that the closest thing that we have for a kid show to like lay on the commentary that people are familiar with is uh, I know that Animaniacs is going to be coming back. Oh, yeah, I, I believe me, I think that they should go all out for that show, you know. Like, and I think this is uh, this is the great thing about these reboots. I think the fact is that they have an opportunity to, I mean, some of the, at least some of them that are going to be out there. They have an opportunity to not only basically say, oh, hey, remember this from back in the day, but they can also tell us about what how things are now, you know? Mm-hmm. I think and Rocker's Modern Life did that perfectly. Yeah, yeah it did. It, it absolutely did. And that's why a lot of people still fondly remember uh, Rocko's Modern Life because uh, I think that it's one of those shows that... Um, a lot of people watched as a kid and they see it for like the gross out humor and all that and the crazy antics, but they, uh, then when they see it as an adult, it has a different layer. It has multiple layers, like the sexual innuendos and the social commentary and it sticks and it sticks to it. I think it's a, I, and this is probably going to be unpopular opinion or whatever. Like, oh, I shouldn't say this is tech religious, but I think this is a much better introduction of a, you know, of a Nickelodeon series than the jungle movie. The jungle movie was definitely catered to the fans who watched Hey Arnold, and it continues right off from a, a, an episode that we know of, like the journal. Yeah. True Future Slock is, is the same as well, but continuity is like completely way off. I, I, I even mentioned this in the podcast that I did the other day with Remington about how I interviewed Joe Murray a few years ago and I was talking to him about the commentary, but like, oh, um, I'm just curious, uh, Joe. I was wondering because if, you know, in Static Cling, because we already saw the trailer, so uh, that was when it was out. And in, 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 in Future Slock, uh, it was already in the future. So that means it goes into further in the future, right? And also, shouldn't Filbert's kids who are already in their 20s, shouldn't they be adults at this point, like middle 
age and what would Dr. Hutchison think and all that stuff. I brought out so much nerdy stuff and he just looked at me for like five seconds and he just said it was a cartoon. Don't worry about continuity. And I was like, good point. And, 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 <laughs> And, the, and it's apparent, like, in the first three seconds with you – know, there's the Star Wars credit crawl talking about, like, you know, it started with Rocco, Filbert, and Heifer floating into space and what have you. And then the rocket house just immediately crashes the credit crawl. It reminds me of that uh, moment in Doom 2016 in which um, they're giving, like, um, a tutorial in the screen and then the Doom guy just picks up the screen and just throws it away saying, like, uh, you know, no tutorial, story doesn't matter. Cool. So it's like that. Yeah. So, I mean, until end of the Florbus, I guess uh, we're going to be, um, you know, uh, I guess we're going to be letting you know how we feel about that, and that's going to be coming out very soon. So Yeah, uh, it's actually going to be coming out uh, this Friday. Yeah. So uh, so not only is there the Dream Machine deadline you have to worry about, you have to, there's Invader Sims you have to worry about too. So... Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Cool. Um, that is the end of this week's Aramata Show. Thank you very much for joining, tuning in. If you want to find us on Facebook, it's facebook.com forward slash Aramata Show, where Twitter is at Aramata Show, uh, aramata.tumblr.com, and also you can find us at Aramata Show on Instagram as well. If you like to listen to this show and uh, you want to find a place for it in your favorite podcast feed, um, try, try looking for us in Apple Podcasts, Castbox, Overcast, Radio Public, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Listen notes podcast addicts tune in and also radio.com as well i believe because it's not very available in the eu yet so i'm not entirely sure if we're up there as of yet but uh, mm-hmm. we'll let you know if we are or not and uh, so uh, until next week uh, this has been aaron and patricia take care and bye for now see you later <laughs>